0: Welcome to the Go Vita Podcast, where your vitality is our passion. It's time to supercharge your health and wellness to take the next step on being the best version of you. Let's get underway. Hello, and welcome to the Go Vita Podcast, a show dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest wellness advice, so that you can enjoy the health and vitality that you deserve. Marcus Pierce here with you, CEO of the Wellness Couch Podcast Network, and today we are talking low-tox living, that's how to remove or reduce our exposure to toxic and harmful chemicals. One of the chief authorities on this topic is Alex Stewart, who recently spoke at the GoVita annual conference. Normally reserved for GoVita store members only, you, the lucky podcast listener, get to come into the inner sanctum of the GoVita community as we welcome Alex Stewart to our first keynote speaker at this year's conference. She is the author of Low Tox Life and the founder of the thriving online education hub by the same name, made up of several e-courses, a podcast, a biased, how good a podcast, one of the highest ranked in the health category in Australia, may I add. She has wonderful recipes, articles, and community action resources for an ever-growing community of people wanting to be healthier and to make our planet happier. She's an educator, an author, a columnist, a speaker, and consultant at the forefront of a movement that is non-judgmental and tough on the system that got us here. Sharing her insights on how to live a low-tox life, would you please welcome to the GoVita Annual Conference, Alex Stewart.
1: Uh, So generously described by Marcus just now, my name is Alex Stewart, and I am super thrilled to have flown up to spend this afternoon with you guys. Um, we're going to have a little bit of a chat uh, quite specifically about a certain aspect of the LOTOX life today because I want to help you in your stores really hone in on the power of positive and empowering education to not only uh, achieve some of the goals that all of our customers have in this business but also to achieve your business goals because I honestly believe when we align uh, our, what we have to offer with the challenges in people's everyday lives, we can really achieve extraordinary change together. So um, those were a few ways you could connect with me, and you can't see them anymore. Um, but I will go back. Hold on. Yes, because the clicker works. So if anyone wants to follow along on Instagram, that's probably where I'm most active, at low life is... Pretty much how you can find anything I do. Low Tox Life, the book, the podcast, the website, the Facebook page, the Instagram account. Um, And it'd be great to keep the chats up after today. So today I want to talk about what living a Low Tox Life means and how I arrived at that term and phrase. And then I want to talk about endocrine disruptors. So the reason I want to talk about these is because we're in a powerful position, as I have mentioned before, to affect huge amounts of change when it comes to endocrine disruption. And these little buggers are across so many different categories of our everyday lives. There are going to be some people in the room yeah. who are really up to speed on these, others not so much. But hopefully, by the end of my presentation, we'll um, we'll all have a really clear understanding of the power of being more educated on these and how we can convert that to um, really positive customer experiences and sales. I need to do that. What? It's rubbing your dress. Oh, is it? Yeah, just have a mist that. there. Oh,
0: okay. That'll turn on.
1: Okay. Is that even better? That's even better. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, okay. Uh, adapt and survive, as they say. You just can roll with the punches. Um, so. And then the the third part I want to talk a little bit about, that education piece and how we can do that in our stores. Um, And fourth, you know, when Anne and I were talking about uh, this afternoon and what I might cover in the hour, uh, if we've got time at the end, I would really love to talk about what sustainability policies might look like um, because while endocrine disruptive chemicals sort of span much more than just plastics. They're in our personal care, cleaning products, the air we breathe and all sorts of things. Um, In terms of sustainability and that plastic and waste reduction, there's some really exciting things that um, probably a lot of individuals are thinking about and working on in their own little corners. But often when we come together and share those ideas, um, some pretty cool stuff starts to happen on a much bigger scale. And when we talk about being the largest co-op in Australia in the health and wellness space, um, the Potential is infinite. So, who am I? Um, Marcus, thank you so much for um, <laughs> describing me so enthusiastically. But I, the terms I tend to use are gentle activist, first and foremost. What is gentle activism? It is a response that I've personally had in my own journey of learning about what we put on us and in us, how it affects our health and the planet and how when I first connected with a few groups to think to do what what I thought was the right thing to do at the time, um, sort of first year of uni, you join Greenpeace and and you do the right things because you care, um, I saw a lot of anger and I really felt that um, that didn't sit right with me personally and everybody has a different way of expressing their desire for change in the world but I'm a very gentle non-confrontational person and I thought, there's got to be a way that I can still make a difference with this personality type and not feel like I need to go and swing off a boat in the Pacific. And um, it turns out there is a really powerful way that everyday people can be activists, and that is literally by how we open our wallet every day and what we choose to spend our dollars with and that 's kind of how I coined that term uh, i've become an author as a general kind of progression from starting my website, Lotox Life, eight years ago and uh, and then researching has been probably about twelve to fifteen years of uh, trying to demystify what was in our food and what was in our personal care and cleaning products and farming systems. So those are the things I do on a regular basis and I do love speaking to audiences and uh, especially the chats that we have when we start to open up in Q&A and afterwards um, because the conversation needs to keep going. We can't uh, make changes by all just doing things silently in our own little corners. As we chat, we meet other people who have the same passions, who want to do the same things, experience the same change in the world, and then we actually really turbocharge things. So, I was actually um, on the plane flying up here this morning and I was watching a fantastic documentary on the Kimberley region. And there was this brilliant dude who. Um, was uh, was probably as Australian as they come and he said, when you go against nature, she gives you good hiding. And I was like, that just hit me like a tonne of bricks because it is so true and what, what I started to see uh, as I started to look into food, that was where it really started for me, um, when I started to see how things were grown, what kind of weirdo chemicals were being added to our foods, our processed foods, our packaged foods, and even the things that we were putting in our crops for farming, um, I started to realise that we were going against nature, the fundamental issues that we have today are the fact that we are going against nature every day, all day, time and again, and it's not doing us any good. She's giving us a good hiding. And so we need to start going with nature and we're all in the business of doing that. So that's the good news. Um, and when I thought about naming my business eight years ago now, it wasn't really a business. It was more a, a platform for change and wanting to share what I had discovered Um, I came up with low-tox because I really wanted something that wasn't judgmental. I really wanted something that wasn't going to make people feel like they had to strive for some sort of perfection that just does not exist. I mean, who here has been on a diet or joined some sort of protocol or any – like put your hands up if you've done anything that required you to follow a very strict sort of set of rules. Okay. And so um, we've all been there. And when we fall off the so-called wagon or when we um, start realising it's a lot harder to do what the celebrity figure um, is making look so easy on their Instagram account, uh, we tend to feel really guilty, feel quite ashamed and feel like we're just not good enough. And then we tend to often take two steps back after our one step forward. And I had experienced this myself. I had seen so many friends and family experience the same thing. And I'd learnt a lot about the food system, chemical system and environmental toxins by about 2009 when I was naming this thing and that's when I thought the word low just popped into my mind, low tox, toxins, um, toxins in food, toxins in the things we're putting on us and around us in our homes. And the idea that this could be a really gentle movement for change, for curiosity, for moving forward, little bits of change here and there as we see that we're able to with our budget, with our time constraints, with the different priorities that everybody has at different times. And very quickly I started to realise it wasn't just about the toxins in our personal care and our cleaning products. It was about the food and how that was grown. It was about the indoor air quality and how often we are safer outside than in. Uh, It was also about our mindset. You know, I mentioned before that sense of guilt and shame when we're trying to strive to do something better It just doesn't serve us. And guilt can be quite useful. Brene Brown talks about this and she says um, that guilt is a good kick up the bum sometimes. You know, when you've wanted to do something for a while and my perfect example, and I mentioned it in the book, is ditching the plastic bags. Um, And I, for a long time, was doing quite well, but every now and then would say, oh, it's just this one time. Just this one time. You know, I'm so good most of the time. It's just this one time. And I went along like that for about a year and then I just started to feel this guilt in the pit of my stomach and thought, no, it's not just this one time. I'd seen one too many documentaries on the plastic pollution issue and I thought, no, no more just this one time. So I used that guilt as a positive emotion to propel myself forward. How did I finally get rid of plastic bags? What I did was I started saying if you can't carry it somehow with whatever you've got on you, you don't get to take it home. And so that meant... 10 avocados in a handbag when I was on guacamole duty for a family function once. It meant wrapping like groceries in a gym towel and precariously carrying them home and creating that little bit of inconvenience for myself once I'd really, really decided I needed to do this a few years ago really propelled me into finally making that change. And so these were the kinds of examples that I had toyed around with privately and discussed with friends and, and, and sort of seen this more gentle approach to making change start to really work for people and people start to feel like they didn't have this perfect thing that they needed to do perfectly that they then couldn't do perfectly that they then had to quit because quitting is not an option if we've got the challenges we've got ahead of us in both health and planetary concerns right It's just not an option. So we need to create a system and a conversation that allows people to feel like sometimes you're going to stuff up, that's fine, but as long as we're all going in the general direction and gathering more people along the way, which is key, we can't continue to be a tiny hippie niche of people. We need to keep collecting people who care. Um, then that's how I was going to operate as an educator in this space. I had educated in hospitality for many years. I had been in marketing for cosmetics, prestige luxury for many years before that. So I'd had two really strong um, education background industry experiences and it was time to bring it to something I was personally passionate about. Where the passion started for me, and I share this in the book, was um, having recurring tonsillitis and not being able to fix it anymore with, tonsil- with um, antibiotics. So I'd kind of gone around that merry-go-round where you get sick, go to the doctor, get the, tonsil- get the tonsil medication, get better, feel better for a couple of months, then go back to the doctor when the tonsillitis comes back. On and on I went for years. And I got to my late 20s and one day I was on the third round of the strongest antibiotics you could possibly be on and they just weren't working anymore. I had developed antibiotic resistance. It wasn't something I understood until many years later. I can already see a couple of people nodding in the audience now who are obviously aware of this or maybe you've been through it yourselves. But it's a pretty terrifying thing when you have no idea about what any other options are because I didn't didn't even know what holistic wellness was back then and the system just didn't work for me. So a friend came over and she said, look, I know it's a bit crazy but have you considered seeing a naturopath? And uh, because 15 years ago, it was a bit of a hippie woo woo thing to do, right? And so I just thought, what what even is that? And I found one. She was way across town, but she was this fantastic woman and was my naturopath for 12 years before she had to move back to Germany, unfortunately, recently. Um, And... I went and I saw her and she put me on broth, well-cooked carrots and um, well-cooked brown rice three days. That was all I was allowed to have and some disgusting tasting herbs. And, um, And she said, you know, call me in three days and tell me how you went. I was great. I was better. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that I hadn't needed a medication to make myself better. I just thought that was the only way one could get better in my late 20s. I'm now nearly 43. So um, that was the first experience of uh, working with the power of food, the power of medicinal herbs. And my second experience was one that perhaps a few women in the room have been touched by, which is when you come off birth control, post-birth control syndrome – And this um, can manifest in many ways for me, just didn't get a period for a couple of years and a whole bunch of other crazy stuff started happening, started getting sensitivities to food that I hadn't had before, gut issues, all the side effects that no one bothers to tell you about um, when uh, you consider going on the pill. And so I went back to Christine and I said, you were so good with the tonsils, let's see what you can do with this. And uh, after I'd had a whole bunch of tests in allopathic medicine and been told that I might have early onset menopause at the age of 28, um, Christine was angry and again got me on some more disgusting tasting herbs and uh, suggested I remove gluten from my diet that was devastating. Uh, I'm half French and, uh, you know, that that croissant on a Sunday morning that was going to be dreadfully hard to give up. But what this period did for me, um, and by the way, the period came back, uh, this period of time in my life meant that I had to start looking at food labels. Now, Everyone in the room, I'm probably preaching to the converted here and you guys have all been doing this for a while, but when you're someone who never had looked at food labels but you're smart, you are horrified when you actually start to do the research and what it taught me was that I had been to one of the best schools in Sydney for 13 years of my life, one of the best universities in the world for another four years of my life and I'd gotten to the end of that 17 years of education without any idea of what went on me and in me and how that might affect my health and the environment. And I felt a massive sense of injustice around that. I felt a massive gap in our entire culture and education system where we are not taught basic life skills for preserving our own lives well and being healthy and thriving as well as preserving the life of the planet that we pass on to our children when we're gone. And, uh, and that was in my early tw- sort of late 20s that I then started to really wake up and that girl who joined Greenpeace at the first day of uni, she was back, baby, and she was wanting to use what she was starting to learn about all this stuff and finally do something that felt like a bit more of a legacy project of work rather than just working for the man and doing um, everyday uh, jobs, if you like. So... The website was born after my son was born, just after, because for my baby shower I got all those well-meaning gifts that a lot of people get, and uh, and I thought, well, I'm pretty good looking at the uh, the old food labels now. Let me let me have a crack at what's in all this stuff. Again, horrified, ninety percent of the ingredients were petroleum derived or palm oil derived, dr- destructing forests, etc. And uh, a- and I just couldn't believe that I had then. Thinking back to my time in cosmetics, because it was the first thing I went, I went and looked at all of the um, ingredient labels on that brand that I used to sell, one of the best French brands in the world, Um, I couldn't believe what I used to be so proud of selling. And I thought back to the training sessions we used to have in those days and I thought of the wonderful, sophisticated Frenchmen who would come out from Paris and rave about the 80 million euro they were spending on research a year and talk about the rare Aegean sea uh, minerals or the algae from so-and-so and and all the things that were in there to fight wrinkles and all the things women wanted to fight because we were told we had to. And... um, And I, for the first time, looked at the next three quarters of the label. So didn't understand any of that and then started to research that and realised, oh my gosh, no one ever talked about that in any of the training sessions. No one ever talked about while we might be able to dim some of the feather lines around our eyes, at the same time, we would be compromising our endocrine systems And, again, a huge sense of injustice. And not only were we doing this to ourselves as grown people, men and women, um, unknowingly, but we were also doing it to our children, you know, massaging our babies in mineral oil. I mean, just it's criminal once you learn what is in this stuff. And so that was really the final kicker that was for me to start educating because I I started to realise how little there was out there for everyday people and I started to realize how terrifying a lot of the information was out there for people And non evidence-based so there were a lot of loops of one blog recommending another blog recommending another blog and there were actually no facts in the big loop of information if you actually tried to find the study that that showed um, that showed cause for people writing really sensationalist articles and so I felt like I needed to bring a voice of reason empowerment and positivity Um, and you know, a lot of people freak out. It is the age of outrage on the internet, but I really don't love outrage. I love considered calm thought. And I think often hype happens so fast that we don't even have time to analyze anything anymore. And I'm a big fan of analysis before making a decision. So uh, so that's how Low Life was born. I would pick up something every day, I would look at it, I would research how it was made, where it came from, the ethics of the company and whether I agreed with that once I matched it up with my own values that I was brought up with. Because often we don't do that when we shop. We literally shop for convenience or because a rock star endorses it or because... Um, You know, some celebrity promised it would make her feel good so it must make us feel good and it gives us a little piece of the luxury that they afford every day and we we buy so emotionally and so quickly based on hype and the shop more and the here's the link and all of the things that make us stop our – our need for analysis and we, we just go running with those emotions and uh, I, I really believe that when we start to analyse things and when we start to slow down, if you like, on what we do buy, we realise that we don't need much, eh? And we realise that we really, um, when we shop by our values, we buy very different things. And there's a course that I run that's on at the moment called GoLotox and I've had 3,000 students from more than 40 countries do that course now. And uh, people think they're coming in, they're going to change their lippy, maybe they're going to change their moisturiser, going to change their cleaning products and that'll all be fun and, yeah, now I'm non-toxic. But people often come out the other side completely changed because of my passion for psychological change in the process of choosing better for us and the planet. Um, I I, I find that people actually start to completely change the way they view the world and their place in it. And it's a pretty powerful thing when you get to help people do that for themselves. I did it for myself and it is why I wake up every day to do it for other people now too. So these sort of four chapters of um, this, this blog and business and education hub are also the four chapters in the book. And, you know, a lot of people might think, oh, gosh, how do you fit all of that in there? Well, yes, it was hard um, because the end of course PDF for Golotox is 160,000 words now and this little baby is only 65,000 words and it includes food in here as well. But what I've done is created, if you like, the perfect thorough beginner's blueprint to empower people with checklists, the easiest things you can change, the cheapest things you can change um, and and a sense of can do. So you don't get a whole bunch of guilting and a whole bunch of um, complicated terms. You literally move into any any of the sections and you have really really simple things that you can do. Um, in the Go Vita stores, something I meant to ask before I started talking but I didn't get the chance so maybe someone can tell me, do you guys sell any um, any uh, components for DIY cleaning or cosmetics? Yes? fantastic um, because that's a really wonderful part of the book we've got a lot of recipes in there some of my favorites and a lot of people who come to making better choices think oh, i can't do this it's all going to be so expensive but then you teach them that you can go half vinegar, half water in their favourite essential oil and boom, that's your bathroom cleaner, uh, kitchen cleaner. You know, there is always a choice that everybody can make. There's going to be the people who are more affluent who just want to buy the pretty labelled products and that's fine. And I've found that I've gone a bit half-half myself. Um, I'm a busy working parent, two businesses, um, a very busy speaking schedule and I just – can't make everything and so um, I love to support Lotox brands as well as making a few of my own things that are favourites to make. So I think this is one of the areas that the book will be a really useful tool when you bring it into your stores. Um, You know, not only is it a, I find, a great Christmas present um, but also a really great tool for those people who are on budgets and want um, a, a, a really affordable option to start making their own stuff. Um, their own scrubs, their own cleaning products and so forth. Um, So uh, I guess the mind topic is in there because I really believe that I've – and I've seen this a lot in health and wellness. I see a lot of obsession. I see a lot of extremism and I see a lot of um, anxiety. Am I doing this right? Am I doing enough? Um, You know, people cooking from scratch into three in the morning because they think they'd be ashamed if they outsourced something or bought something in a packet. You know, I see a lot of this stuff out there and I just think we need to look after our minds to come back to that idea that if we make it a, a seeking for perfection situation, then we create more of a sense of failure. Whereas if we see it as a way to just evolve the way we live and make better choices over time, then we always see ourselves kicking goals because we're always working on something new. Uh, So hopefully that that kind of resonates with you guys as well. Now... um, Endocrine disruptors are something I wanted to talk about specifically today uh, because you kind of have to choose something, otherwise you could talk about this for three days uh, if I went over everything that we talk about in the low-tox life, but this is a a, a really um, big passion of mine to wake people up to. Um, Does everyone know what endocrine disruptors are? Few people not nodding, so I'm just going to say in case. So, endocrine disruptors are um, things that can modulate our hormone networks. Our hormones um, come from a series of glands around our bodies. It's not just sex hormones. It's the thyroid, um, adrenals, so our cortisol, stress hormones, etc. cetera. And what endocrine disruptors can do is either block or mimic um, natural hormone signaling and production. And this can affect fertility, it can affect uh, weight and metabolism. Uh, the, co- the term obesogen was co- uh, coined, I think, in 2006. Uh, and it can also, it has been shown to modulate tumours um, and uh, progress cancers faster than they might normally uh, have progressed. So they're a really big deal in the scientific literature. And the thing about endocrine disruptors is is they're really prevalent across many different aspects of our day-to-day lives. So when we learn about what these are, how to find them and how to start reducing our exposure to them, we're learning about several different categories of our day-to-day life choices. And as business owners in the wellness space, we're also learning about many different categories that we can talk to our customers about, uh, which I think is always a really good thing. So it's not just about us knowing this and thinking, oh, great, we're healthy, but it's what can we do once we've actually empowered ourselves to then empower our communities. Um, So we find them in our personal care. We find them in our cleaning products. We find them in our indoor air and public spaces. Um, I don't know if anyone was in reception this afternoon and went, "Who? what's that smell? Um, did anyone else notice the air freshener? Um, yes. Okay. I <laughs> And I wrote a feedback um, comment in the little pop-up that you get on the internet and I got a phone call like 10 minutes later. I was like, oh, gosh, no. So I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm perfectly happy in my room. It's lovely. Um, I just send feedback because I work in environmental sciences um, and toxins and I, I, I'm concern for your staff so a lot of people don't realize these synthetic smells that are pumped around public spaces are detrimental to health and so i'm a very friendly um, person who conveys this news but um i was really impressed with their response rate that was that was like 10 minutes is really impressive um, but uh, uh, the other one is in um, uh, public uh, toilets, for example. You know, if you happen to be in that cubicle with that ticking time bone goes and then you're like no and then there's just this smell and for me I'm really chemically sensitive Um, I suffer from mold illness I don't know if anyone's been affected by mold in the room Um, but it does make you very chemically sensitive uh, until you're further down your recovery line and so I am the canary in the coal mine for that sort of stuff at the moment. Uh, In our food packaging, so a lot of people don't realise that uh, often a lot of the cellophanes that we use to package our whole foods um, contain uh, phthalates, and I'll go into those in a little sec. In our dining experiences, um, who's had a ridiculously tender chicken breast in a really good restaurant, often they're cooked in plastic pouches uh, in the kitchen um, under a technique called sous vide. Uh, not great uh, to, to eat that way. Uh, in our oceans and soils, so a lot of our fertilisers, a lot of our um, pesticides, herbicides, contain these endocrine disruptive uh, chemicals. And then, of course, our crops. So they're everywhere and it's a biggie. And I just want to list a few so that we become really, really aware of where these guys are. So BPA and BPS, I noticed on your website that you sell BPA-free bottles, fantastic. Um, I'm a huge fan of the stainless steel variety of bottles. Personally, that just wipes out any kind of plastic contamination possible. Um, But we also find uh, BPA in... Um, a lot of tinned foods, and often BPA has been replaced with BPS. So if your store ranges tinned foods, it's always a good idea to do a little bit of investigative work and see whether you're ranging a brand who just uses The tin, nothing else. Um, And there are a few great ones that do these days, which is awesome. Um, I'm happy to chat to anyone in the room. Afterwards, I'll stick around. I mentioned to Marcus, you know, I am a junkie for question time. Uh, So uh, if anyone has any private questions, you can ask me as well. Phthalates. These guys are tricky because you don't see them on a label. So who has um, uh, seen the word fragrance on a label before? Obviously, most of us have. The word fragrance can mean so many things. It can mean up to 150 different things. And uh, phthalates are bendy, stretchy, sticky chemicals that make fragrances last um, or that make plastic soft. So, in Toyland, think of those, um, think of yoga mats, um, not all of them, obviously, but some. Uh, think of uh, those really cheap balls that we often buy. Like they've kind of got bumps all over them. You can get them from $2 shops and it's like a huge ball but you can hold it like this and it doesn't. you can actually grab it. So the fact that and it feels sticky, you can kind of feel that it is sticky when you take your hand off it. That has a very high phthalate content. For any of the parents in the room, try and give the slime craze a massive wide berth. Packed with phthalates, um, those little containers at the, um, the little, you know, those toy shops that have them as the easy, low lying kind of eye level for the kids, slime buckets, and, and they force you to buy them. Um, but in fragrances, phthalates are there to make the fragrance last. So we kind of have this idea that performance means lasting when it comes to fragrance. Performance means I can smell it 10 hours later. What if we change the definition of performance to performance doesn't – means my product doesn't hurt me or the environment? Like that to me would be a really high-performing product and often, you know, when you switch to natural essential oil-based products or, you know, you start making your own little roll-ons and things, you think, oh, only lasts like 10 minutes – Well, the good news is is that usually means there are no phthalates in there. And phthalates have been found to be particularly harmful to men. And I work with a lot of women in our community. So of the 3,000 people who've done GoLotox, only 10 of them have been men, um, which concerns me because when you're talking about phthalates, um, they affect men far more than women. And we're talking about male fertility, male sex organ function, and um, male embryo sex organ form. So, like, think about our little baby boys for a second there. Um, And so, it's a really big thing. And the way they found out that phthalates affected boys more than girls is because the female factory workers in the phthalate factory in China were starting to have little baby boys with birth defects in their sexual organs. And so, this is how the whole alarm bell um, went off for phthalates in the first place. And, uh, and that was more than a decade ago now and yet these are still swimming around in, in so many of our consumer products. So a lot of consumers out there don't actually realise why we should care because a lot of us use kind of quite broad, oh, yeah, it's toxic, oh, yeah, choose something natural. But when you speak to a man or you show a man a documentary like The Disappearing Male, one of my favourite documentaries to help guys get on board with this – When you actually know, it's kind of like telling a four-year-old don't and no, but when you actually take the time to describe why you're saying no you know, you take it in like a sponge and you actually think, okay, you've finally given me the details on why everyone's going crazy about this stuff. Men don't, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but men don't like just being told, no, you can't have it, no, this is toxic, we've got to move on to something else. You need a good top-line bit of research, a couple of facts, maybe a doctor thrown in, maybe a doco from the ABC. Um, I found that helped my dad. Um, And when I was on the ABC, it was like finally validation for all the work I do dad believes me now um, which was good um, so uh, you know phthalates are a big thing so instead of thinking i need fragrances to be long lasting and to stick and i need to be able to smell my gym buddy three days down the road from their aftershave even through three showers or i need to be able to smell that fresh floral scent on the hand-me-downs from my girlfriend five times washed and you can still smell it in the clothes you don't want that to be your measure for performance anymore. Um, performance means not hurting me and there are so many fantastic natural deodorants now Uh, there are so many fantastic natural beautiful essential oil based uh, brands Uh, I know um, our local Go Vita stocks the Dr Bronner range Um, One of my favourites, I'm trying to think of some of the other things they've got in that shop, the Biologica range. I could go on and on, Um, but we are spoilt for choice these days. But how are we communicating it to our customers? And we'll get to that in a little bit. So parabens, phenoxyethanol, triclosan. This is another one. A lot of people are quite... Um, sort of confused about things beyond parabens because we haven't really done much work to explain things. But the way I explain triclosan is is that it's harmful to the thyroid Um, and so many people are having thyroid issues these days and so many people are using heaps and heaps of hand sanitizers, Um, so many new mothers. Uh, Interestingly, a huge group of people who have thyroid issues are new mothers and while that is partly due to a massive lack of minerals and vitamins in the the process of growing a human. Um, the other part, it's thought to be believed that another contributor is all of those hand sanitizers that we so you know, um, crazily use at that time in our lives. Um, And when we mess around with hormone health in our thyroid, we mess around with a whole bunch of things. So people who are really sluggish or overactive, people who can't lose weight or people who can't put on weight, those two extremes of the thyroid um, cycle, uh, then you want to be looking at triclosanth. Um, lead, obviously, and a lot of people live in old buildings, so there's paint issues with that. Um, perchlorate, which is from our um, a lot of fertilizers, ends up in like a lot of explosives industry. Um, and where that one ends up is in our water and I know you guys sell water filters but often if if we sell water filters a lot of people don't realise what the real need is and I was thinking you know imagine if we started communicating the five things you won't find in your water anymore once you buy one of these bad boys and you know to really start educating in a fun way so it's about the excitement of getting something new and then the terrifying information is sort of secondary and in the background but kind of cool that you're not going to be doing that anymore um, rather than leading with fear which I think just doesn't make anyone feel very good Um, although I'm probably scaring some people right now um, PFCs, so PFOAs, PTFEs, think of your Teflon um, nonstick cookware, nonstick mascara, nonstick clothes. This stuff is everywhere these days. I remember when my son started school, I thought, okay, I'll go to the uniform shop and I saw the shorts, picked them up to kind of hold up against him, and I saw a big Teflon kind of tag. And I was like, what? what? Why the heck is there Teflon in the shorts? Um, and of course, it's for durability and for stain um, resistance um, on on what they're saying. But what I was thinking was, wow, DuPont's a really clever company because we've all figured out that Teflon's toxic and so we've managed to get it out of the frying pans and they thought, well, let's just find a new customer, school shorts, kids. Let's get it on to the kids. Um, Disaster. You know, Teflon never breaks down in the environment. Um, and you guys sell natural um, ceramic cookware in a lot of your stores. I know the Edgecliff shop does um, down near me. So you know can we talk about this in a really exciting way? Um, DDT, a pesticide from like five decades ago, still turning up. Um, atrazine, an interesting pest uh, herbicide that um, uh, gender bends frogs. They found frogs that were starting to have gender modulation and, um, and hormone issues on a really extreme level. And I don't know, if, has anyone seen the Toxic Baby TED Talk? Oh, my gosh, write it down and watch it. It is 15 minutes of awesome to really bring home um, the issue with pesticides and crops and herbicides and the role that they're playing in ecological damage. Um, Because a lot of the time we think, oh, organic's safer for me, but we're not thinking about the ecology that all these crops are located in and, um, and so these frogs were basically found to be turning into girls um, but they were previously boys and um, then we started to realise that atrazine was contributed to breast cancer and then we started to see that the same company who makes the atrazine started making the breast cancer drug. No joke. So, and you know, this is not sensationalist code. This is right there in the, it's very, very plain as day in the research. Um, And glyphosate is another one. And I've interviewed a couple of professors on glyphosate on my podcast. I'm really passionate about this active component of Roundup, um, the biggest herbicide in uh, the world. And uh, it's also been found to be hormone disruptive. So we've, hormone disruptors are everywhere, right? They are absolutely everywhere. And we might be sort of called to think after that little spiel that we could never possibly make enough change. Us in this room here, us in our own little lives, we could never make the difference that we need to make on a grand scale. And these really terrible Stock image actors um, were supposed to be conveying dread and fear, and how can I do this on my own? But they did a really bad job of that, didn't they? Um, <laughs> I know. It's more like, is my wig going to come off today? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I love this. I saw this on Instagram a couple of months ago. It's just one straw said 8 billion people. And if we keep thinking that we can't make a difference with our own singular daily choices um, and, and, and don't start realising that there are 8 billion other people that have the potential to start making these differences as well, then we're doing ourselves a massive disservice and we're doing our planet a massive disservice. And um, I come from on my mum's side a little island called Mauritius near Africa. And uh, two years ago they banned plastic bags and I was so thrilled at this news um, because when I grew up in Mauritius you used to refill all your bottles, glass bottles, take them to the shop, get them refilled, your soda water, um, Coke if people drank it and all those sorts of things. There was no plastic. Uh, But then as I grew up um, over the years I started to see more and more plastic and plastic is a huge cause for endocrine disruption in our oceans because those plastics contain BPA so often, and then when they break down in the oceans or fish swallow them, um, they then become um, endocrine um, compromised. Anyway, so I get to my 30s. I'm there. There's a cyclone a few years ago. And so I go out onto the ocean to check out the destruction afterwards. I thought I was just going to see a whole bunch of twigs, some trees, you know, fallen and things. But what I saw was a representation of the five biggest companies in the world – on a beach in the middle of nowhere. Like Mauritius is a tiny little 60 by 40 island. Uh, I think it's about 700 kilometres off the coast of Madagascar, just plop in the middle of the Middle Indian Ocean. And so I started with my auntie and we filled four massive garbage bags on one tiny little 200-metre beach. Um, And that was a real eye-opener for me about five years ago, and that was when I stopped saying it's just that one time with the plastic bag, and I started to really realise just how massive this issue was. So, if we start to think it is one straw, And I've saved another one and I've saved another one and I've saved another this and I've saved another that and I've switched another product and I've done another this and I've told another friend who liked my lippy and I got her off the lead in the red lipstick. And then I told another friend who liked my mascara and thought my eyelashes look good. Well, do you know what? The one I used to be using used to have Teflon and coal tar in it. I'm so stoked. I've found a natural one that doesn't have that kind of stuff in it now, you know, and if we start to realize that we are change agents every day with every conversation and as shop owners in this space, oh my gosh, how many conversations do we have every day, then uh, then things get pretty exciting. So another thing I wanted to mention just because I love what Boyan Slat is doing and they are my charity of choice and I don't really put a dent into what um, massive governments around the world probably contribute to investing in his projects. But at just the age of 16, he designed a technology that proposed to deal with the ocean plastics issue. Um, and the ocean is the most endocrine disruptive body in the world and um, because of the amount of plastic that's in there. So it's a biggie. Um, he founded the company at eighteen, and the first trials are proving positive last month, And it's estimated that in the next five years they're going to get through fifty percent of the garbage of uh, the Great Pacific Garbage batch between Hawaii and California. Amazing, right? So that we could think it's just one straw. Or we could find people who are doing stuff like this and get behind them, you know? we could start to just connect ourselves in networks. And I get goosebumps when I think about it. You know, imagine if... A few of the really green-minded stores in the group started to build a sustainability policy that helped other people who were a little bit shakier in that area, didn't know as much yet and started to get on board with things, started to maybe do fundraiser drives for various local community organisations that were doing plastic pollution reduction efforts. You know, it's so, so exciting. So can I get a hand up from everyone in the room that we are not going to be that it's just one straw people ever again? on any issue when it comes to our health or the planet. It's a pretty powerful thing to put your hand up for if you really think about what we actually just put our hand up for because, you know, this planet goes to our kids and their kids. And um, in my book, right at the start actually, I've got this fantastic quote that I came across from the Iroquois Nation people of um, the Indigenous Indians of um, America and they had this this um i guess part of what you could kind of liken to a testament um that said let's act with the seventh generation in mind and can you imagine like if we actually acted with the seventh generation in mind on everything halloween is tomorrow think about the disaster that is halloween in terms of the amount of stuff that we buy I'm very proud to say my son is going as the butcher of Edgecliff um, wearing a leather apron that my husband made and a wooden axe So that was how we did sustainable Halloween for him and still got him in costume and some red lippy on his arm and all those sorts of things. I can't wait to see the photos. But there are ways. If we think I'm acting with the seventh generation in mind and then we're faced with all these decisions, in our store when we choose promotional items, when we choose things to bring in, when we choose... um, ways to uh merchandise and on and on and on and on if we think act with the seventh generation in mind we get really creative we start to think well how can i do this without causing some sort of a car crash of repercussions um on health or the planet and you can really start to see the change um, that happens five years ago we would never have thought of a wooden axe and a leather apron for a halloween costume we just wouldn't have we would have gone to target picked something up that looked hideous but fun and, um, and would have sent him off to Halloween. So um, that's kind of a, a little bit of a, um, a tangent but a useful one. Um, so above all, I think it's really important to remember who we're doing it for. I do everything I do for my little guy um, uh, and where we all live and that every little thing makes a difference.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Go Vita podcast. If you did enjoy it, then the best thing you can do is to subscribe to the podcast, hit that little button on your phone, share it with a friend, show your friends and family how to listen to podcasts and open up a whole new world for them, whether it's on your iPhone or your Android or on the website at govita.com.au or at thewellnesscouch.com. Show your friends and family how to listen to podcasts and again, you'll open their eyes to a whole new way of learning and absorbing great information. You can spread the love by leaving a star review on itunes and make sure you head on over to the brand new website at govita.com.au where you can check out the latest go magazine that's govita's quarterly mag with recipes tips special offers and more you can listen to all of the podcasts that are in this series and remember when next you're doing your shopping make sure you do so in one of the 150 govita stores around australia because at govita your vitality is our passion bye for now